What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again with another episode, and I'm excited to bring this one to you because today, if you're feeling any type of worry, if you're feeling any type of anxiety or hardship, I got somebody on the line today that's going to give it to you straight, but also is going to give you that inspiration to let you know that all is not lost. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my brother, Dr. Dapper, to the show. You want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? What's good, Dream Nation? How y'all doing out there during COVID? <laughs> Man, during COVID, whenever you're listening, hopefully somebody hears this when it's post-COVID and they say, what? I remember them days, right? But man, so first off, I always love to, to be able to go behind the scenes and be, be able to make sure that we can give the proper introduction. So the world today knows you as Dr. Dapper. The closest ones know you as Eric Jones, right? But the way that I like to preface this is I compare us as entrepreneurs and thought leaders to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world. We're putting on our cape and we're trying to solve the world's biggest problems. So one thing that we know is behind Superman, there is that guy named Clark Kent. And the other thing that we know is behind Dr. Dapper, there is that guy named Eric Jones. And we know a little bit about Clark Kent, but we don't know a lot about Eric Jones. So tell us, who is Eric Jones? Eric Jones is just an all-around, I'm goofy as hell, man. I'm, I'm really down to earth. <laughs> so we starting from the story of where Eric Jones is from. Are we talking about who Eric Jones is as an entrepreneur, a mentor, a branding? We want to hear where he's from. We want to be able to connect with him on another level. What's that mindset like? How do we grow up as a kid? How do we get to this yeah. point? So Eric Jones grew up in Arkansas, Helen, Arkansas, Southeast, a poor underrepresented area. Growing up with rats, roaches, holes in the walls, letting the oven down to get warm in the wintertime. And people can relate to that out there in Dream Nation. But yeah, coming from that background, you really, you know how we are surrounded by so many things. And sometimes society, we get we get confined in that box. So I think my mindset, my work ethic, me being able to stretch a dollar, do more with less, comes from me growing up with less. In that moment, I look like, damn. Why am I growing up with, with rats and roaches? Or why why don't we have enough money to do this and do that? And of course, it didn't last like that forever. It got better over time. But I was never as fortunate as people that I would see around me or on the World Wide Web, on Instagram, or whatever it might be. So having that that work ethic, that drive, that mindset, like I said before, in that moment, I'm like, damn, why me? But as I got older and stepped into entrepreneurship, I'm like, I appreciate that. Because when you become an entrepreneur, you got entrepreneurs and you got entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs is like, I see that shit, it's popping. They're like, it's easy, I'm going to hop in. The entrepreneur really has passion and purpose placed in their life and they know their soul purpose. And they dive into something like, yo, I'm going to do this. And if you haven't gone through that struggle, you as an entrepreneur, you won't know how to get through that entrepreneurial struggle. But if you're an entrepreneur, you've been through that struggle as a kid or in some, some place, we've all experienced some kind of like hardship for the most part. You know how to become an entrepreneur and be successful because you never really feel Unless you give up. So right. me, I wouldn't be here today if I had given up back then. My mom had given up. My grandma had given up. Her mom had given up. So just that lineage of resilience, I think that plays a part in how I got to this point in my life and how I continue to grow and how I continue to help other people grow. Just that mind. It starts with the mindset. It starts with right. the experience and all that kind of stuff. So that's where Eric's from. And he went to college, University of Arkansas and majored in fashion. He lost his grandma in 2010, his dad in 2013, his mom in 2016. 
right before he graduated college. And she helped him start his shoe company. And he wouldn't have it without her. So that's he dedicates everything to his mom. Got it, man. I love it. It's such it's so beautiful. Talk to me about why why fashion? Why did you grow up in fashion? Was that what you were exposed to? Did you have somebody that was already in fashion? Or maybe you just didn't have a lot of fashion? What did that look like? I need to talk about generations. I'm pretty sure somebody generations before me was in fashion and it came back now. But I, I, just, I, just, I just grew up in church. It started in church. My stepdad was a pastor. I played the drums in church. Mom's first lady. I showed you baby pictures now. You'll see me in like a nice little suit, whatever my mom could afford, some little dress shoes, whatever, looking, look, looking real dapper. Right. Little, so <laughs> that that style just stuck with me over time. And it evolved, of course, as I got older. And I, I stepped into my own style. But I never really wore tennis shoes. I always wore dress shoes and loafers and oxfords. And so I think even for the entrepreneurs out there, whatever business you step into is going to be closely connected to your lifestyle. Whether it's your, you building your personal brand or you building a business where you're going to help some other people, but it's going to be heavily connected to your lifestyle. So that's why I always say tap back in with that childlike mentality. And I think I was, I was in fashion because of that childlike mentality, how I grew up, what I was tapped into as a kid, what I was exposed to, what my mom put on my body, what I saw as normal. So I wasn't it's just like you went out and you wore jeans and a T-shirt for 25 years, 30 years. You put on a suit that's tailored. you like, shit, this feel weird. This ain't, I'm not used to these threads. Right. But if I was a kid and I grew up wearing that suit, that's, that's my lifestyle. That's all I know. So when I got to college, I'm like, okay, bet I'm a major in business, architecture, something. And then because of the way I dress, fashion just gravitated towards me. One of my advisors told me like, yo, you dress nice. People like the way you dress. I just try this fashion major. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is a fashion major? We got, we can do that. I try it out. It's whatever. So that's how it happened. Just fell in my lap. And now the shoe company, LFLS Shoes, is, is my baby. So it's my main thing. And uh, yeah, that's where it came from, though, just growing up in church. So you talked a lot about, you just said in the beginning that you said, I'm do business. And then I was going to figure it out with fashion. Now, a lot of people start out and they're artists, right? Like I would say anybody in fashion is they're an artist. They're expressing their creative side. But what a lot of artists don't understand is how to make that pivot into making sure that it's a business and not a hobby. Was that a mm -hmm. struggle for you in the beginning? If so, how did you come about turning it into a business and turning it into a real company? It, it, was, it wasn't a struggle for me. I think if you grow up in, in the situation we grew up in and we can relate to, you learn how to sell shit. You learn how to how to take something, anything, whether it's legal or illegal. You learn how to sell something. Right. So I think it wasn't hard for me as an individual coming from that background where everything wasn't given to me. I knew how to go get my own shit. So with that being said, hey, I'm I'm in fashion. Bet either I'm either I'm gonna make suits, I'm gonna make tie, and I I became aware of generational wealth too, and I became aware of you'll never be paid what you worth working for somebody else because they got to mm -hmm. make their profit, you know. So everybody's like, oh, I got this good paying job. One stream of income is two plus zero. So I want to create multiple because I learned, okay, most millionaires have seven. So I bet I got one right now. Bet if I lose this job, I'm ass out. So let me start to create some more. And, and, then I, and then I also learned as I got older, we have these issues within the black community that we don't talk about. And I think the solution to that is ownership, economics, and entrepreneurship. So as I, as I learned more about ownership, I'm like, fuck this degree. This degree can't be passed down to my kids. It carries no more value than what it's a piece of paper. So what my mom helped me get was a shoe company, an LLC with an EIN, mm -hmm. something I can pass down to my kids. I can own. Right. So with that being said, I'm like, yo, this degree is whatever, but I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to get into this business because I like selling stuff. 
why not sell my own stuff? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why? Why? Why do I want to cap? Put on what I'm worth, what I can make. And I was like, oh, entrepreneurship. I didn't know how to spell it. I didn't know what it was. Never heard of it before, but it was right there. Entrepreneurship. I'm like, all right, bet. I'm gonna try it out. That's my new word. That looks I'm, like I'm, me. I'm a CEO. <laughs> I'm a CEO. Bet whatever that meant. I'm gonna do that. And that's I love what I it. That's what's up, man. He said, yeah, I ain't never, never. It's like walking to the store. It's like, okay, I ain't never seen this brand before, but that looks like me. I'm going to put that on today. I'm walking out. Exactly. I love it, man. So talk to me, though. How did you get to L.A.? The, wh- where did that come from? Because you said went to college, University of Arkansas, and then now you're out in L.A. How did how did that come? Was it just to be able to take your brand to the next level? Yeah, it was It was the brand, a mentor out here, a few mentors. Mm connections I had grown on social media people knew me they knew the brand and then it was also for my personal brand as Dr. Dappers I grew up in the country but I always felt like I moved different from everybody I'm a city boy but I'm a country I'm a country you know kid but I'm I'm a city boy at like heart or the way I move the way I dress the way I carry myself so I always knew that I would end up getting to the city I didn't know what city I would get to and I and when I graduated college in 2016 I was like I want to move to LA because nothing's working nothing's working for me and then I couldn't move because my shoes came in late, didn't have any money, didn't have any parents, didn't have anybody to like, you know, rely on. So I was like, yo, you know what? I'm going to just build and just network, connect and build with what I got. So that I did that until 20, uh, until 2019, until last year. And then I ended up moving to L.A. I, in, in like three months. I was like, all right, bet nothing's working here again. Hit this roadblock. My mentor was like, yo, why haven't you moved to L.A.? There's a lot of opportunity out here. You don't hold yourself back from uh, everything that's out here for you. So having somebody that's a millionaire be like, yo, I believe in you, move to LA. It's like, all right, bet. That's usually, that's all you need. Like, like one thing, especially you you can't, you can't require, as an entrepreneur, you can't require too much confirmation. You make the size of a mustard seed, what some people say, huh? Whatever they right. say. Facts. You have faith. You can't, if you don't believe in yourself, then what the fuck are you doing? Why, ain't nobody going to believe in you. So with that being said, a millionaire tells me, all right, bet, you need to move to LA. I think it'll be great for you. I want you to come stay at my house to see what a move would look like for you and maneuver around. And I'm like, all right, bet, check that out. And uh, my lease was ending. So I was like, I got to make a decision. So I, in three months, with not enough money to move to LA, with not enough to c- connections, with not enough you know, business revenue, that people would think they need to have moved to LA. I'm like, all right, bet. I'm moving I'm to LA. LA. 2020, 20, when did I move? 20, I'm 23, 24 when I moved. I ain't never moved anywhere outside of Arkansas, but I'm like, I don't care. It's whatever. This is what I do. I've been full-time entrepreneurship since I since I graduated college. I ain't never worked for nobody. So being able to even say that you moved from the middle of the country to the whole West Coast in one of the most expensive cities you can live in and not work for anybody still. It's that that's that's like that. It's a mindset. It's the way you move. It's the work ethic. It's the resilience. It's the faith. All that. So that's how LA came about. It was like, if not now, then when? Today was tomorrow. Yesterday. So when the fuck you moving, man? Right. No, I hundred percent agree. One of the things that I learned is that it has to work or it has to work. Right. Like there can't be no option B, but no plan B. So talk to me. Some people might say they listen at that and they say, I can't do that. I got kids like that. Just that wouldn't work for me. I got responsibilities here. 
So my question to you was, when you did it, did you have a calculated plan? And if so, what did that calculated plan look like? How did you expect to be able to get, break that down? Did you say, I'm going to go here. My mentor's already said that he's going to connect me with the sales job. I got six months to be able to work the sales job and then get my business off the ground. If I can, if I can get one or two people to buy my shoes in the store, what did that look like? Or did you just literally just be like, I'm going to figure it out when I get there? No, I never, I never figured things out when I get there. Um, always like plan or, or start. I, I don't, I plan for something, but I work every day to work towards that. Even, even I have, I have a goal to meet before I even have the goals that I need to meet while I'm in LA. If yeah, you can't wait until, okay, it's time for me to move to LA. Then you start planning and then you start prepping because you have to raise money. You have to let people know you have to raise awareness in LA. You have to, just so many different things that I did. But when it comes to a plan, one of my homies, Levi, my business partner, my brother, loving, loving the life. It's like we say, he says, you have to be stubborn on the big picture, but flexible on the on the on the things in between that. Hmm. So the big picture was L.A. I'm stubborn on that. But how I get there, I don't really care. Hmm. I don't really care how I get there as long as I get there. And and if somebody somebody that's listening, I like to use the analogy of. Your body's a vehicle, your soul is a GPS, and the knowledge that you get from me is the is the fuel you need to fuel that car and follow that GPS of your soul and your mm. soul purpose. And within vehicles, when you hop in the car, you type your shit in your GPS. You might be going to the same destination, but you might get a different route. You might have to hop in an Uber. You might hop on a private jet. You might hop on a plane. You might hop on a train. But we're going to get to the same destination, no matter how long it takes. So if no you have a kid, you might have to take a detour. Me, I don't have a kid, I ain't have a wife, no detour. I'm like, all right, bet, whatever I got to do, whatever I got to say. We on the PJ. We got to get there ASAP. I ain't going to eat for a week, but I'm getting there. It's good. Rent might be late, but I'm getting there. But you, you might have more things. You might have to take a pit stop at a hotel. You might have to take this, take that. Just being stubborn on that big picture of being flexible on the things that come in between and how you get to that point. I think people have to also appreciate things not looking how they want them to look. Because we might look at LA, all right, bet, I'm going to hop in the car, I'm driving there. But your journey to that might look completely different. You might have to get a job in your hometown to raise money, to like to save money, to get to move to LA. But people want it to look a certain way. And if it doesn't look that way, then they don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. People want it to look a certain way, but if it doesn't look that way, they think, uh, that ain't how I want to look. I'm not going to fuck with it no more. Maybe it's not meant for me to do it. So you And people have to understand that you are... You're in control. You're the CEO of your life. You fire, hire how you need to. You can you design your own life. You're the artist. You got to This is a canvas for you. So however you want that shit to look, you make it look like that and place a purpose on the things that happen. Because if you place a purpose on saying, oh, well, I got to get a job. It's not meant for me to go to L.A. Then that's what the fuck is going to be. But if you say, oh, I got to get a job so I can save a little bit of money, then I'm going to L.A. It's like, that's how it's going to be. Or if you say, ah, oh, the job came up. I don't really want that job. I want to make some money doing my own thing. And then I'm going to go to L.A. That's what's going to happen for me. There's power in the tongue. And whatever I say is going to happen, it's going to happen. If I Mm. say I'm not working for nobody to get to L.A., that's what the fuck going to happen. And it's been a year and four or five months now. And that's what's been happening. (laughs) So for you, like growing your business, for somebody who's looking at getting into fashion, because fashion, I think, is a big thing for a lot of people. Everybody wear clothes and everybody has their own swag on what they want to want, want to wear. And for a lot of people, they would rather not wear what's on some what's someone else's name 
is what's on their body. They would want to be able to put it into themselves. So like, do you feel like today's day and age is a lot easier to get into fashion or do you feel like it's even harder because the market's that much more saturated because the information's out there? I feel like it's harder, not because it's saturated, because no industry is too saturated. If you're thinking about starting a business and you say, oh, this industry is too saturated, it's bullshit. Throw it out the window. Walk down the bread aisle. Drive down the street. All the gas station business. It's like, it's never too saturated because you stop at a gas station based on brand recognition and based on, oh, I love this brand. You go to Walmart versus Target because you're like, oh, I love Walmart. I love the customer service. I love their prices because you love Walmart. So everybody has their specific special place they like to go. So when it comes to your brand, what sets you apart? You can have a T-shirt with an L on it. And it could be, you can have a regular white T-shirt. And you can have a regular white T-shirt here that says Balenciaga. You can have a regular white T-shirt here that says Canvas. Balenciaga going to be like two racks for this T-shirt. Canvas going to be like, oh, you give us 14. It'll be good. They're both white T-shirts. But that branding, that story, that, that lifestyle that's connected to it is what makes you go, oh, I desire to have Balenciaga. I'm going to go get that. I'm going I'm to miss my life bill to have that shit. So right. the industry is, is, is a lot of people within it, but figuring out what makes you different. And most of the time I tell people, it's your story. It's what sets mm-hmm. you apart. What's your story? Tap into your story. It's like a fingerprint. I'm going ham. You might need to put some water on me to put me out. I'm about to be on fire right now. <laughs> Keep <laughs> like, going. It's Keep like going. your fingerprint. Nobody has it. Nobody ever will. Nobody ever has. So nobody's experienced the same thing that you've experienced at the same time, the same place, the same people. So what what makes you different, what makes your brand unique, your story, because you've experienced something and nobody's experienced how you've experienced it. So if you share it in a way to where it's like, oh, this is my story, or if you share it for promoting a certain lifestyle or promoting a certain, if you look at Lululemon, you're probably going to think, oh, it's for, it's for the white girls that is just like fancy, real high-end luxury. They live this a yoga lifestyle. And if you look at Gucci, you might like, oh, that's expensive. You can get a Bentley. I'm on a private jet. I got this. I got that. So what lifestyle do you want to portray? I always say, what do you want people to think? How do you want them to feel? And what action do you want them to take when they see your brand or your business? And once mm. you understand those things, it's easier for you to just separate yourself in the market. Because when you, I saw, I saw, I saw a quote the other day. It had, what's his name? Phelps. And I had another guy swimming beside him. He said, the winner focuses on winning and the loser focuses on the winner. Mm-hmm. Facts, you know, man. So, so y'all got to focus on focus on winning because you ain't you might not, your, your, your sole purpose might not be to be that $10 million business. It might be to be that, that, that million dollar company that allows your family to live what you really desire to live and then open the door to generational wealth for your child to pass them the key to open the door to that million dollar company. I think we got to be selfless more selfless and less selfish because we'll be selfish and be like, yo, my business has to pass Louis Vuitton in my lifetime right now. And if it doesn't, uh, whatever. So it's saturated, but it's not saturated because you can be unique. It's, it's, you don't have to reinvent the wheel either. It's already been done. So just add your own unique touch, which is your story to whatever you want to do. Man, I love it. I love that you said that. I remember there was a cat and I got to go back and find him. I haven't seen him in a while, but he's on the East Coast. I want to say he's out of New York, but his name was like Musica Faree or Faree. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know Musica Faree. Got it. He's in He's in the fashion world. He's got like some super dope suits and all that. But I remember when he was first coming out, this is probably like five or six about, years ago. You talking about the black dude, real tall. Skinny, he got like custom suits. He like kind of uh body like Ferrera or that that cat. He blocked me on Instagram. He blocked you because I reached out for it, and that's the thing within the black community. I, whenever I'm telling you, I 
I am 100 all the way straight with anybody because I'm all about your reaching back, helping. Yeah. System. I don't know if he thought, yo, this is competition. I'm not about to help this brother or what. I'm still blocked to this day. Man, I remember seeing that cat and I don't know him. I just remember seeing him and he was just getting his, his ground. But I thought that he did exactly what you said. He just positioned himself in an already seemed like saturated market because you got everybody from the Joseph Aboods and, and all those people out there. And I remember when he was first coming out with his stuff, it felt like he portrayed his own type of a lifestyle. So I don't know him, but that was just what came to my mind when you were talking about, look, you just got to figure out how to tell your story. And I felt that he did it a good way to the point that I was never dapper Nova, but I I was thinking about getting into fashion because he was like somebody that was like, yo, like his whole style, his swag, it was dope and it was inspiring. But yeah, it, it's sad to hear that he blocked you. He was plugged too. And then the thing with that as well, if you, if you're a black man, it's, and you can, what I've done as well, promote a certain lifestyle, a certain look that, that, that makes other men that look like you be like, damn, I'm going to put down the J's for a minute. Damn, I want to take the jeans off and put them slacks on that. He, he claimed like he make that shit look good. So it's making right. dapper, making being class, a classic man cool again. That's right. what it's really doing. It's making it cool again. Because usually you look at dress shoes like they're, they're plain, conservative. It's bullshit. You look at suits like, oh, it's plain, conservative. You can't really dress it up and show your show your your style through it or express yourself through it. But it's like yo, when you see people actually do it, it's like, yo, this is, this they gifted. Like, this looks good. I want to try this out. So right. it's easy for to see themselves in it when they see somebody that looks like them. In it, and when they see somebody that's been through the shit that they've been through, in it, they're like, "Oh, he been through that, and he looking like that. I can achieve that because society and the media is gonna show me. Oh, you have to look like this if you come from this specific background. But when somebody is actually transparent and shares the story, and not only the glory, you like, damn, I can do that too. Representation is key. So represent on the media on the front, but on the back end, be sure to reach back too and hold yourself accountable for the shit that we're supposed to be doing." As a community right now, what's been killing us is not reaching back. Crabs in the bucket. Don't block nobody. Don't not respond to people. Don't think, and also don't think that somebody, because they got 100,000, 200,000 followers, that you can't get in contact with them based on your mental state of mind because what's been happening to our community in the past. Reach out. Reach right. out. You never know what can happen. You might get blocked or you might get a message back. But if you get blocked, there's thousands of other people that you can reach out to to be like, yo, here, I want to help you. I love what you're doing. I love your story. This is what I know. This is what I've done. Come under my wing. Let's let's keep winning. <laughs> oh man, that's what's up. We we we're gonna try to do on this Dream Nation. We're gonna we're gonna try to bring him on the show. And uh, hopefully he he doesn't block us when we reach out. And then if he <laughs> no don't, there's no competition. He, I don't think he has a podcast yet. But if he has a podcast, you might you might be in for some trouble. <laughs> right? No, we're gonna get him on the show, and we're gonna make that introduction, and we're gonna say, "Yo, we had and we had one of our brothers on here. We're gonna see if we can get that unblock on there." Like I said, I don't know him, but uh, he did do something for my mental. And there was a point, like if anybody looks back at my like my IG and stuff, where I was in Men's Warehouse and I had the custom Calvin Klein's, like the and it was because I think I was seeing him just like what you said, like it was inspiring that cool look. So I was at the point I'm like, but that was going into my next question of like, how, like, where does someone even start? If you're like, okay, I got this brand, things like that. Like what would be the first step right now? After you decide I got a story, I know how to tell my story. I can make some t-shirts on Teespring, but how do I partner with people? How do I find people to, that I can rock my brand? How do I grow this into an empire? 
you book a one-on-one coaching session with Dr. Dapper. You purchase Dr. Dapper's digital guides. <laughs> Link in his bio. No. Link in bio. That's that's always available. But but for a couple nuggets, like you, we gonna no, give away a couple tell, nuggets. I was about to tell him. I was that was just me. Like, you gotta just like, of course, you, can. you gotta put the plug in there. You like, look, materials right now. Let them know you got it. If you don't tell them, they won't know. That's one thing that you can start with. Goddamn it, let's start there. If you don't tell nobody you got it, nobody will know. Hmm. Start with that. That's one thing. I wasn't starting that, but that's a good. That's a good place to start as a business owner because a lot of people tend to wait because they feel like they don't know as much as they need to know. Which you'll never know as much as you need to know because you don't know what you don't know, and there's always something else to know and learn. So start now because what you have now is all you need. And one thing I like to say about that is, in this, you have everything you need in this moment to do whatever you desire to do in your mind, your mental. Because if you didn't have everything you needed in the previous moments, you wouldn't even have this moment. And I was like, yo, that's really, really, really deep because we, it we, is. Literally, we literally wouldn't have this moment right now in time if we hadn't had everything that we needed in our life in previous. So that's just to say, that, yo, we live in abundance. If you think something, like to my entrepreneurs that have a business or desire to have or your story, you're trying to figure out the business or how to move, you have a vision. That's, some, that's a glimpse into your future, something that you can obtain. And once you see that, you think it, you speak it, you write it. You take action on that because if you don't take action, you don't know when that thought will come back. We have we we have thoughts all the time and just flow in and out, in and out. But if you don't speak that shit and start taking steps towards that, it's gonna be gone. Uh, and because that 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 vision was given to you for a reason, nobody else can see it but you. So you have to bring it to life. But where I would start with <clears throat> somebody that has a business and wants to grow it, cross promotion, collaboration, and features. That's that's the biggest thing that I tell all my clients to do: cross promote with people that. You know, are in the same industry because there's enough money for everybody. People are in industries that coexist. If you have a fitness brand, uh, cross promote with a person that has that does uh, massage therapy or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Going live with people, doing photo shoots with people. Cross promotion is is so important because uh, you get your product and your your business or your service, whatever it might be, in front of a, a group of people that never knew you existed. So always when you're reaching out to cross promote or collaborate, or whatever, present it as an opportunity that's going to benefit the other person's business. You might know the benefits you're going to receive from it just by getting on their platform, whatever it might be, but always present it as well. I love your, what you're doing. I would love to come on and offer your audience some value or this, this and that, whatever. And, and that's a great way to enter into a cross promotion or collaboration relationship. When it comes to collaborating, that could be for me, for example, I collaborated with a couple of people on ebooks because I developed an ebook platform. I'm selling ebooks right now. So me collaborating with somebody that already has the knowledge and me just packaging it, presenting and promoting it. Those are three P's I like to tell people package, present, promote. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs right there. Think about that too. Write that down. That's a great way for you to collaborate and reach their audience and reach your audience with some new content that you didn't have to put in the work to develop or create. You just have to package it in your branding because your people are loyal to your brand. They're going to purchase that. Uh, so collaboration is really, really great. Photo shoots as well. Features. So there are a lot of like, for all the, the Black entrepreneurs out there, there are a lot of like Black excellence pages. And I think that's that's a great way to to grow your brand uh, from a meme format or video format, whatever it might be. Getting features on pages that promote certain things that similar to what you do. So these Black excellence pages, they have thousands of people that are there to support Black-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. So that's a great feature. You have... Other platforms that if you are artists, there are a lot of platforms that, that promote singers and musicians and this and that. And there's thousands of people that are there to find new musicians, musicians, excuse me. So that's a great way to reach out to that page. Like, yo, I love what y'all post. Would love to y'all to check out my music or my videos of me playing the guitar, whatever it might be. 
you send them a video, say how much is it for a feature, or is there any way possible I can be featured on your page? And then you just got in front of thousands of people. But with that being said, after the cross-promotion collaboration and features are before it, you got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. People get in front of thousands of people and they're like, yo, this didn't work. It wasn't worth it, this and that, woo woo And I'm like, but did you stay ready? Did you Were you prepared to have 10,000 people to come to your page and see value in your page? If they don't see value, they're not going to stick around. It's the same thing we do when we go to pages, but we don't think about that from the perspective of somebody coming to our page and looking at our stuff to be like, yo, they're going to do, but they're going to follow. It looks all right. But, it's, but it, all in all, it's not, it's not all together. So that was right. kind of like, give us an example about how, how you, how you stay ready. So you don't got to get ready. How, what, what's, what's the value that we can provide to make sure that people stay? I, I think brand, understanding the difference between branding and marketing. Marketing is like asking a girl on a date and branding is the reason she said yes. Mm. Say that again. <laughs> right. Go ahead. Leave it. Leave it for <laughs> one more time. Missed that one. Marketing is like asking a girl or a man out on a date, and branding is the reason why he or she says yes. So you have to be branded the right way. If you don't understand your flow, your aesthetic, your color scheme, your 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 content pillars, like one of my partners would say, the content pillars being the things that they can expect from your page. So every page is going to be about entrepreneurship, positive vibes, quotes, whatever healthy eating, vegan lifestyle, then you need to let people know that in the bio. I'm not going to go too deep into bio structuring until all the other stuff about the page, aesthetics and structuring your page, but understand that there needs to be a flow, it needs to be aesthetic, and it needs to be clear on what value and what different pillars you have on your page. Because people try to figure, okay, where do I fit in on this page? And if they can't figure that out within the first however many seconds, which I think is the bio area, then you lost them. That's your resume. Do you want do you want to get accepted for this job or do you not want to get accepted for this job? I'm checking your oh, page to see if you're you gonna inspire me or you're gonna motivate me. And if you can't do none of that shit, I'm out. <laughs> so <laughs> it's too many other pages out here. As focused on those things, you gotta let me know up front. I ain't got time to be trying to decipher what can you do for me? What can you serve me with? I wanna be served. I'm coming to your page for a reason, but you gotta tell me up front what that is. Because if, I, if we gotta play the mind game, if I gotta guess all day long, there's too many other pages that's gonna tell me. I got enough shit that I'm guessing on all day. And that's why I tell people from a personal brand, I'm going, I'm giving a lot. From a personal branding standpoint, I'm big on personal branding. You personal branding is personal. You have to start with self. Self is source. So if you don't know yourself, your story, your lifestyle, your value you offer, your purpose, your niche, whatever, you're never going to figure out how to stay ready so you don't have to get ready because you don't know who you are. You don't know what you have to offer. And if you don't know what you have to offer at this, at this point in your life and you're listening to me right now, I'm going to tell you how you... One way to figure out... Yeah, let us know. One way to figure this shit out, easy and simple, sit back and start to recognize that what do my friends always ask me for help with? What mm-hmm. advice do my friends always need from me? Do they need advice on what to wear out? Do they need advice on how to do their hair? Do they need relationship advice because they're going through something? And then after I figure that out, what are the results like with that? Are they still coming back to ask me for this? Are they seeing good results on that? If they are, wow, bet I have something I can monetize here. This is crazy because thousands of other people were probably asking me the same question and want the same advice from me based on relationships healthy eating, fitness, or whatever my friends ask me for. And outside of that one, that's an easy one. That's a good one I think everybody can apply today. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, your passion. That goes back in the tag. Like, what's my passion? Well, tap into your childlike mentality. What did you love doing when you were a kid before society said, hey, you got to pay this bill, you got to make this grade, you got to make pass this ACT, you got to go to this college, you got to take this loan. 
what was life like before these responsibilities of society? What did you care about? What did you love doing? What did you continue to do over and over again? What do you think about while you're pooping, while you're showering, while you're out, while you sleep? What were you dreaming about? All that. That's kind of like tied to your passion. And most of the time, people look at something that they're passionate about. Like, I do this every day. It's, it's easy for me. I just love it. Like, I wouldn't charge nobody to do this or nobody would pay me to do this. And it's like, actually, people will pay you a lot to do what you do. Just And they paying somebody else because you ain't tell them that you had it available. Exactly. And then another thing about that, they, they pay, and then you doubting yourself on doing that just gave somebody else an opportunity to step into that where you doubt it to make to monetize that. So it's like you have to get out of your own way or you'll never move forward in life. So the passion, tap into childlike mentality. And then the thing I, I would say at the end of the interview is really good. It'll tap back into the childlike mentality. I always do that at the end of the interview. Uh, yeah, man. This is, yeah, we just got a couple more and we definitely going to, we definitely going to get back into it. But I would say, just so you don't forget it, if you would just tap into it right now, because I know I'm, I don't want to ask another question. And then you'd be like, what was I going to say? Oh man, it's going to come no, back. That one, that one is in my head. It's, it's fell like a baby. Fell like a baby. If you, if, I'm pretty sure you heard it. Fell like a baby. Uh-uh, haven't. Educate me. I mean, on it with that one, bro. I swear I love that one. So fell like a baby. This goes to tapping into the childlike mentality too. So when you fell like a baby, if we think back to when we were kids and we were like crawling around and we start to look around, yeah, everybody walking shit. I want to, I want to walk too. Like how y'all doing that? Right. As a kid, okay, then I'm going to figure out how to walk. They start to stand up and what that baby do? Fall down. And then they stand back up and they fall back down. That baby never gives. If we knew what failure and doubt was as kids, we wouldn't be walking today. We'll be crawling. Hmm. So there is some power in feeling like a baby because as a baby, we, we didn't know what failure was. We got up like, yeah, I'm going to walk. And we kept going until we started walking. Then we started to, to jog. Then we hit a little sprint. And now we're like, yo, we, we walking. We good. We standing up straight. So right. anything in business and life and relationships, any of that, if you learn how to feel like a baby, there's no way to actually feel. You'll always succeed because you just continue to get back up and get back up and get back up. So that's what feel like a baby is. And in that moment when you're feeling like a baby, you see that kid grab onto a table or a chair or a mom or a dad. As you get older, that's your circle. Can you mm. grab onto a solid table or a good per father figure or somebody around you? Because if you look around and you ain't got no tables to grab onto, no chairs to grab onto, you like you in a bad circle. So you need to step outside of that circle, find a new circle. So that's what that's what feeling like a baby is. I love it, man. I love the perspective on it. And I think for even anybody who wants to be a naysayer in that feeling like a baby, just think about the people have to go through uh, physical therapy. If you got into any type of an accident to where now all of a sudden you got to reinvent yourself at that moment, what do you want to do? You want to walk again. And you say, come hell or high water, I'm going through this physical therapy every day. Nobody just quits in physical therapy. People that say, nah, I can't lay up in this hospital bed all day. I can't be in this wheelchair. I got to get out. I got to do these things. So think about yourself like that. If you had an accident, which is just a failure, it's a lesson, right? You think about, listen, if I was to get into any type of a situation like that, come hell or high water, I know I'm not going to give up. So put yourself in that same situation. So it's two different perspectives, but wherever you want to find yourself in life, whatever you want to identify with, but yeah, I'm not going to think about myself like a baby, because especially in our culture, we'll find every way to try to tear down a perspective, even though we know that the nuggets is all the way there. We'll be, oh no, that, I ain't going to do no baby. Once, once an adult, twice a child. Hmm. That's what we always say. Once an adult, twice a child, and you're gonna all you're always a student. And whenever you stop being a student, you 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 dead. You're done. You die more than once too. 
like, <laughs> I, feel like people, I feel like people are walking dead because they're not living in their soul purpose. Your right. soul has departed this vessel at that point. Like you're just, you're just, you're just existing. You're not really living the life that you de- your your soul desires to live. So we die more than once. We die, we die then when we're alive and our soul departs our body. We die when we do die on the day that we expire. And then we also die when somebody stops mentioning our name. Mm, man, so many gems. I just got a couple last questions for you, my brother. This has been phenomenal. First thing is for somebody that's seeing your journey now and they're loving you and they, they're like, yo, this is so dope. He's got his clothing line. He knows his vision. He knows how to story tell. And I always like to ask the question. Now, first off, I'll preface it by saying, I know most of the time people say I wouldn't change anything in my journey because it got me to where I am today. But knowing today that you're wiser, right? You, you have much more spirit conviction on who you are today compared to where you were. I think that a lot of the times, if we could go back and we could change maybe one thing or implement one thing sooner to accelerate the path on our journey and our dream of where we are today, we probably would. So my question to you is, what would be that one thing that you would change or implement sooner to accelerate your path and your journey? One thing that I would implement or change. I think people always say they would change anything because that's, I think that, I think I always think that's a good answer based on how people explain it. Just because every small detail makes such a big difference. I even had one of the experiences you had with your with your with your friends. My dad went on a trip. He drove motorcycles a lot and he was going across the country. We, we would always ride, ride. I would always ride with him. Uh, and there was this one trip I was in high school and he was taking it. He was like, yo, you want to come on this trip? I was like, I had something to do with school and I could have missed it. But I was like, I was talking to my mom. Like, I don't know if I want to go, mom. Like, I'm, I'm, I kind of want to do this thing in school. And she was like, okay. Like, just, just tell me I want to go. Like, that was cool. You got this more trips. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just stay there. I'm going to stay at home. So we ended up asking this lady friend that he knows to come with him. And she went with him. And on the on the, on the the ride there, it was a smooth ride, good ride. They made it. And on the way, on the ride back, there was like an uneven uneven road. So it was switching over. And then, of course, boom, accident. She died on impact. Hmm. So I thought in my mind, I'm like, damn. That was I supposed ain't to be trip, trip. I'll never miss another one. But on this one that I was like, I'm going to go. I'm not going to go. I got an option. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay. She ends up dying on impact. So me with being that passenger on the motorcycle, I'm like, damn, that could have been me. Like there's, there's a purpose on my life. So every, and my dad, of course, lived through it, but he passed from cancer after, I like sometime after that. Uh, and I, and I, of course, I hopped back on the motorcycle after that, but that's similar to you and your friends going to the, to the pool and they drowned. So anytime somebody asks, well, what would I change? What I implement more earlier, life is literally timed down to the millisecond. When I go downstairs and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot my wallet. And then I go and I come up, get my wallet, I go back down and I drive down the street. I'm like, oh shit, it's a wreck right where I was gonna be driving it. Maybe if I hadn't went up to get my wallet, I would have I would have been in that wreck. So I, I look at life like that. I, I really wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't implement anything more earlier because if I had implemented something earlier. Maybe I wouldn't have learned through that struggle in a different way, or maybe I wouldn't have experienced something. Maybe I wouldn't have met this person that I met at this place. So I, I really think life is so in detail and so planned, and you're so protected once you step into your soul purpose that it would be you wouldn't even you would you wouldn't even be doing your life your life justice if you went back and tried to reinvent the wheel of what's already been placed and laid out for how it's supposed to go. So mm. me, 
I can't change shit because I don't know. I, I, I just, that's not my, I'm not the person that's in control of placing those puzzle pieces. Everything is like placed how it should be. And I, and I think we have to appreciate those small moments of how everything went, because if we didn't have those moments, it would just be like us having a puzzle box and looking at the picture on the outside, like, okay, dope, dope, dope. And then pouring the puzzle piece, puzzle box out and then putting it all together and missing one piece. The image, the picture is incomplete. So I, I can't go. I can't go. If I change them, it might be a different piece from a different puzzle that ain't mine. I got you. I, I got to respect that. <laughs> Normally I dig a little bit deeper, but you gave a lot of context behind it. So I'm going to respect it and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that one rock. I, I definitely can understand every piece that made up what your cake is today. So you needed every piece of that ingredient to be who you are. So I, I'll take that one. The last question that I got for you, my brother, is there's somebody out there that's, again, still inspired by your journey. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, but they have that little voice in their head that tells them they're not smart enough, they're not strong enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing that you would leave that person with to get them to just take action? I've been, I, well, at one point I started tapping into a lot with understanding that that's the pain body. So I would start to educate them on I'm not the most well-versed. I, I, of course, I'll continue to research. I'm just, I'm young as fuck and I'm just tapped into entrepreneurship. So of course, I'll start to experience more within that, uh, studying my spirituality, my mental, my me being more conscious of, and, and just being, living in the now. But I would say you actually becoming aware of that small voice because that's your subconscious. It's not like you're conscious. You, you conscious think about something, but the subconscious is replaying your pain body survives and thrives off of past experiences that aren't positive experiences that are negative experiences. So these things that have been said to you as a child or these things that you have attached to your life, they might not be yours. So you might, as, once you acknowledge, okay, that I'm saying this to myself, you start to weaken the pain body. And then once you start to realize, okay, who said these things to me? And why do I think these things belong to me? And you give those things back to that person and you remove that thought process from your life. It's just like living in, the, in, a, in a place of lack. I grew up in lack. So the mindset of lack is placed in the, in the movement of lack is placed on my life. But once I try to start stepping into abundance, there's going to be a shift. It's going to be like a tear, a rip of this old lifestyle, this old way of thinking. It's a, it's an unlearning thing and a relearning. So since the earlier you can learn the right way, you're golden. That's why a lot of kids tapping in their purpose early as fuck, 14, 13, 12, and younger than that. But at us, we, can, we have to unlearn so much. So seeing you're not smart enough, Saying that you can't do this, saying because I'm black, I can't own this jet or I can't be a millionaire, that's false. Your skin complexion is not the reason, the thing that's holding you back. It never has, it never will at this point in time. Just because you're black, that don't mean shit. Your mindset is what matters. So once you stop thinking in a place of lack, once you start moving in abundance, things start to attract. Because when you look at money, if you hold it onto it, yeah, you got it, but it can't no more flow in. So you have to open up and let it mm. flow out so it can circulate back into your life. So if you're trying to start a business, you're saying you're not smart enough, you're saying you can't do this, you can't do that. It starts with the mindset shift, the way you think, the way you speak to yourself, the way the people around you speak, the way they think. So if you start to shift your surroundings, start to shift that mindset and unlearn these things and start to be exposed to people that think a different way, like myself and yourself, then you'll start to realize, oh, it's possible. Then you start to pour more positive things into your life and stop following these pages like the Shade Room, Ball Alert, World Star Hip Hop, that, that show you all this negative shit. Start to feed your ears and your eyes something more positive, something better, because once you start to see that, you're going to, your mind starts to change slowly, slowly. And it's all programmed. Right. Television, tell a vision, 
different area codes have different shit on their TV. So when you understand how deep it is, then you start to remove yourself from these places where the things that are causing you to think a certain way aren't, ex- or you aren't being exposed to it anymore. Then you start to see your mind shift, and then people will be like, "Oh, you different. Oh, you change." And then I see the meme of the cat of the of the caterpillar going into the cocoon and changing to a butterfly. I had to change. I had to evolve so I could become what I'm supposed to be. I can keep on and on and on. Oh, oh, man. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Look, I was letting you go, man. These are the nuggets and the wisdom that we love to have, man. This has been a phenomenal conversation, my brother. It really has. And I'm so excited to share this conversation with the world because you dropped so many gems. And I think no matter where we are in life, uh, just as you said, you have to evolve. You have to become who you're supposed to be. But more importantly, you got to take action because if not, that action will only merely be a fantasy and you never turn it into a real reality. So my goal is that somebody hears this and they allow your words, your vision, your inspiration to inspire them to go out and create a life by their design. Remember Dream Nation and the dream we trust. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. But before we get done, I got to almost I'm crazy. I want to ask for the people that want to stay connected with you, where can they find you at? We'll make sure we have all of the links in the show notes. But before we get out of here, we want to ask you personally, where can we find you at? Where can we connect? Yeah, Instagram, uh, the Dr. Dapper. So T-H-E-D-O-C-T-O-R-D-A-P-P-E-R. All of my ads from my businesses are in the bio and all the links to all my content material and websites are in the bio as well. Cool. All good. We'll definitely make sure, like I said, we put all of those links in the show notes, but I appreciate my you, my brother. And if nobody else has told you, I want to be the first one to say thank you and that I appreciate you. We, we appreciate you coming to Dream Nation, my man. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.